Welcome to the Alpha Ministries podcast. Alpha Ministries is a recovery church whose mission is to teach individuals and institutions to recognize and apply the gospel of grace, building stronger families and communities. Today, John Glenn, Pam Herman, and myself sit down to discuss our experience with the 12 Steps. You should look for John Glenn's teaching on the steps to be launched the next couple of weeks. We will launch them in increments one at a time. It won't, you won't have to wait a week. It'll be a step every couple days until we get to step 12. If you want more access to Alpha Ministries teaching, you can like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and visit our website. All times and dates for services and other events are on our website listed in the show notes. I hope you enjoy the conversation and it gives you insight and tools and encouragement for your journey on the road of grace. We're here with John Glenn and Pam Herman. Both of them you've heard before on the podcast, if you've been listening. Today we're going to introduce um, the 12 steps. We're going to talk about um, 12 steps just kind of an overview and how John and Pam, Lord put them together to work together. And I think they both had um, something to offer in each area of the 12 steps. As you remember, Pam's testimony was that she was working her sobriety, working the steps and involved. And she met John Glenn and learned the Alpha series and have incorporated all that into her walk with God and her recovery. And John taught the Alpha series and the Lord gave it to him and he authored it and he began to teach it. And they both came to South Florida from kind of the Midwest, right? Both of you. And then, you know, God did a pretty cool thing. So I wanted to to start out maybe with John, you talking about your experience um, and your introduction to the 12 steps and how you incorporated that with the gospel and your own personal walk. Thank you, Bill. By the way, Bill, I appreciate you producing these podcasts. You know, I think it's a very excellent way to get the word out. So, yeah, actually, when I came to South Florida, you know, the Lord had given me the revelation of the Alpha series, which is primarily concerned with our new identity in Christ and what that means to us personally, what it means to us practically in our everyday lives, et cetera. And so I was, of course, anxious to share that message when I came here. But I found myself sharing that message in a program of recovery called Faith Farm, one of the largest historical Christ-centered programs in South Florida with 12 men who were drug addicts or alcoholics. Uh, I taught them uh, twice a week for four hours each. And of course, um, my emphasis was on the office series. But privately, I got to thinking about the fact that these men were in recovery. You know, they, they were probably needed more information than I was giving them in just the Alpha series, which was, of course, their biblical identity in Christ, which in in itself is powerful as far as changing lives and hearts. And I even saw it in that program. 
However, I began to study the 12 steps. I began to look at the big book. I read the big book and I began studying the 12 steps. And immediately I saw a connection between the two privately. Now, I didn't make that connection until some years later uh, publicly, but I saw it privately. And so I began to uh, incorporate it in my own thinking, in my own minds, uh, as early as, as you know, 20 years ago. However, when I began to work in other venues, um, as I moved to the Okeechobee area here, and I began to work with uh, halfway houses and began to work with other treatment programs and that sort of thing, I, I began to implement what I had learned in studying the 12 steps and tried to integrate it with the Alpha series. Now, it wasn't until you know, several years later where the most impactful event occurred when we were running a halfway house over in Fort Pierce called Safe Harbor. And part of the curriculum I designed for that was the Alpha series on Monday nights for the guys and the 12 steps on Thursday nights for the guys. And I began to monitor it because I thought, you know, this is going to be kind of strange blending both of these things together. Well, the teachers I had at the time, yourself included, Bill, was John Hales and, and um, Bob Jernigan. You know, they began to see what I was seeing, and that is that there is a um, synergy, if you will, between the Alpha series, our identity in Christ, biblically, and the 12 steps. And so as I, I processed that, I watched that, I myself entered into teaching the 12 steps at that point. Uh, I did it not only in the halfway house, but also in the church in the woods here on Sundays. And I began to actively teach the 12 steps. But I couldn't help, as I was teaching it, to blend it together with the Alpha series, because both were in my mind, both were on my heart, and both were speaking truth that I knew was absolutely essential. And so, to make a long story short, let me just come down to the, the gist of it. When I taught the Alpha series, I would illustrate it with the 12 steps. When I taught the 12 steps, I would illustrate it with uh, the Alpha series, basically. And what I mean by that is I'd bring concepts from each together. And what I learned from that personally, Bill, is the fact that if you want to know the true gospel of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you, who he's made you to be, and that sort of thing, you study the Alpha series. If you want to know how to live that gospel out in your life, in your everyday affairs, then you, you study the 12 steps. So that was the whole point of what I saw. I saw the Alpha series as being the the unadulterated truth of, of who we are in Christ and the 12 steps is saying essentially, okay, now you know who you are in Christ. This is how you walk it out. This is, these are the issues you're going to have to deal with daily to walk out that knowledge in order to be able ultimately, uh, what I called in the Alpha series, to love others like Christ 
with a big book called The Maximum Service to Mankind. Okay, so uh, it's, it's the same uh, concepts. And I began to see that, the, that both were needed, that it wasn't just an either or necessarily, although they had a tremendous impact on their own. When you put them together, there's a synergy there that I think God intended to be. And perhaps the very founders of, of AA had that initially. Okay, maybe they had that uh, understanding initially. Uh, but the point is, I think once we began to put it together and we see the concepts blending together and supporting each other, then you have a genuine synergy that uh, allows people even greater resources in their recovery. And so that's basically what I have to say on that subject. Pam. Yeah. Yes, sir. Good morning. I think yes. you have a testimony from the opposite end that you want to share. So go with it. We haven't, we haven't got time for my testimony, but yeah. the, short version, <laughs> the short version is that Bill's absolutely correct. I got sober in Alcoholics Anonymous. I worked my steps. Um, but after... I don't know, probably I'd have to go back and check, but I'm just going to say five years for sake of argument. Yeah. I stopped yeah. really feeling yeah. like I was growing spiritually. I I think part of that experience for me, it didn't, it, it took a while because I had a long ways to go. Um, I, I was not a Christian. I was not interested in being a Christian. I came from very much of a new age psychic kind of background and um i really liked what the 12-step program what i heard in the 12-step program and that is take what you like and leave the rest and so i studied all vaguely all of the little different religions because what i got on my heart was if you're in key west and you want to go to new york city you can head north and you're getting closer. But at some point, things broaden. And you're going to need to pick a path. And so I started looking for a path for spiritual growth. And I knew vaguely that the 12-step program had a Christian background. I um, wasn't excited about that. But I was willing, you know, the, the program told me you had to be willing to go to any length. And so just as a matter of um, convenience, and again, it's a long story, I ended up um, on my knees saying, I want to know the God that's keeping me, start crying, sorry. Um, I want to know the God that's keeping me sober. I want to know the God of Dr. Bob and Bill W. and the people that created this program that has changed my life. That's the God I want to know, and I don't want to know any other. And I said that on my knees. And as the old saying goes, you got to be careful what you pray for. But shortly thereafter, um, I ended up out at Faith Farm 
um, listening to John, who I didn't know from Adam, but um, I, I I heard him saying stuff that rang with me. And one of the things he kept saying was all this stuff about who I was. And it sounded vaguely like what I heard in my new age church. And I went up to him at break and I said, I know there's something different between what I believe and what you believe, but I can't figure out what it is. And he said, well, I don't know what you believe, but if it's what I think you believe, you believe this is what's true about you because God made you a good person. And I'm saying this is what's true about you when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior and you're born again. So um, if there was anything I had a real solid handle on, it was that I was not a good person. And um, I, John led me to the Lord out at Family Worship Center. I, um, what I, what I found in the Alpha series was a way, uh, by knowing who I was in Christ and that I was a new creation, a way of separating myself from my character defects so that like John says, I can call the, what do you call it? I can't remember, but anyway, I call it the hit squad, um, in on my character defects because they're not who I really am. I don't have to, not that I don't, but when I get finished rationalizing, justifying, and explaining, when somebody confronts me um, and says, that's a crock, um, then I can say, oh, okay, um, and step back. It is the way I like to look at it is the 12-step program is absolutely nothing but a step-by-step process for bringing our soul into alignment with the spiritual principles that govern the operation of our soul. A 12-step program is not a religion. It promises absolutely nothing after you're dead. It just promises that you won't live in hell while you're here on earth. And I have found that to be true. Um, Anybody who knows me knows that I am an avid 12-step participant. In fact, my home group is this afternoon, and I have to leave here to work with a sponsee at 1045. So this is a way of, of life for me, but it is not a path to the hereafter. So when I became born again, number one, it gave me the power of the Holy Spirit to lean on, not just the power of the program, not just the power of the people who went before me, not just the power of God, because I believe that God causes the rain to fall on the just and the end. You know, I know tons of people in the program who have wonderful sobriety and they're good people and they're not Christians, <laughs> or at least they don't think they are. <laughs> and um, so I, I do really well um, when I recognize that the biggest advantage I have 
is the indwelling Holy Spirit that that brings the power from the inside to actually work my steps and to attract other people to what we're doing. Thanks. Thank you, Pam. As you guys were talking, you know, I thought of of the synergy between the two when you were talking about that, John. Really, if when the study that you do in the middle of the Alpha series on Romans 6, 7, and 8, particularly 7 and going into 8, that's the first three steps. You know, Paul's powerless. The things I hate, I do. The things I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. And he goes on and on and talks about that he's like a prisoner of war. He's powerless and says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's step two. And then into Romans three, the dependence on the spirit, turning the life and will over to God really is like, I see that first three steps in there. My experience was that I, I grew up fairly nominal um, and just became dysfunctional as the day is long. And, you know, I was very much on the other side of it with the codependency and there was addiction in my family. And, um, you know, my, my dad was what they call a COA, a child of an addict, because <laughs> my grandma was an alcoholic. And so I was pretty dysfunctional. And um, I became a Christian. And I, I really, my experience with praying to God and becoming a Christian was really kind of like a, a, a step two and three, because I prayed to the God of my understanding. Like I, I grew up and I was, you know, for, made to go to catechism and, you know, nominally Catholic, Catholic. I had friends of all different faiths. And so I, I prayed one night. I just said, God, I want to know who you are. I don't know who you are. You must not like me. But if you're real, because I, I was an agnostic, if you're real, then I, I want to know who you are. And within... 24 hours, three different people were sharing the gospel with me. Now, when I prayed that prayer, I felt this excitement and this expectation. And what I thought, though, I was going to do, I don't know if you guys remember that little cult series of movies, Billy Jack. Remember Billy Jack about the half-breed Vietnam veteran? Kicked all the rednecks' asses and stuff. <laughs> um, well, he, he has this experience with the Native Americans where he goes up on a hill, he gets bit by a snake and he has visions. And the last person that he does encounter is, it looks like it could be Christ. They don't say that, but he, so anyway, I thought, I thought I was going to have some kind of mystical experience like that. So when I heard people tell me about Jesus was the son of God, my first reaction was, ah, you know, that I, yeah, I learned that. I'd learned that in Catholic school and Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I came to believe in Jesus Christ. And of course, the, the flesh got religious. And But there was this guy that really taught grace and new covenant and identity on the radio. His name was Bob George, but he was on the radio. And I didn't see anybody ever locally really keying into that. And when I came to South Florida, I wrote Bob George's ministry they said, oh, we do have a cell group in Boca. And I went down there and then people said, well, if you're in Martin County, how come John Glenn teaches the grace message? 
So I went and I heard the officers and I was really excited. And I kept going. I went to four or five. And then I started kind of talking to John because I had the desire to teach. I, that's my gift in, in the body. But I was not ready to teach. And I kept like hinting at John. And John was really good because he was not going to use me for his own pleasure. He saw and he recognized, <laughs> you know. And so it's another whole story how God really put John and I together, you know, for me to come under and start teaching. But the missing ingredients at that point, I loved the Alpha series. It was making sense. But then my life fell apart, which was good. All around the Alpha series classes, there were people in recovery and the 12 steps, and they had something I wanted. And I went to one of them. I said, will you sponsor me? Will you walk me through the steps? And he said, I will, but are you willing, you know, are you willing, what are you willing to not give up for the sake of getting better? And I said, oh, my wife and my son. (laughs) And my marriage fell apart and I got divorced, which was really a good thing. And eventually for five years, I lost relationship with my son. So it didn't matter that I didn't want to give it up. The Lord was going (laughs) to... deal with that anyway but I went through the steps and it really did fill in missing pieces so I now I have the alpha series and the steps and as I went through them I just kept feeling these burdens lift and these burdens lift and became more and more free you know to walk in the light and then right after that is when you know John came over to Bessie Creek and you know, the, everything began, but I really saw, like I said, something that I, something they, they had, the recovery people had something that I wanted, which was more, I think, of a transparency and honesty, a genuineness. And, um, you know, and, and it just like it, it did change my life. I mean, God did use all these things to bring me where I am now. I just wanted you to talk for a minute, John, if you feel led to on what I talked about, the really Romans 6, 7, and 8 being the first three steps in there. Right. Yeah, and there's a lot of correlations like that, Bill. Um, yeah. When you, <clears throat> when you blend the two, the 12 steps in the mm-hmm. Alpha Series, it's not, you know, lesson one of the Alpha Series was step one. You know, that's not the, that's not the idea. The idea is the concepts that are presented in both are are blended together. And you first in your own mind, and then as you share it with others. And, you know, one of the most significant um, points of synergy, if you will, that I I noticed in the 12 steps in the office series was when you get to step four. You know, after the first three steps, you get to step four, you got to get down to the business of, you know, doing this uh, searching and fearless moral inventory, you know, and when you get down there, I don't know anybody that does a moral inventory that, that isn't fearful, you know, they, yeah. they say, oh man, I got to dump all my trash out here, I got to expose all my weaknesses, my character defects, and you know, all the hatred and the resentment and the bitterness and, and, you know, and all the things I did wrong and all that. And so 
uh, I noticed also in the program, in the 12-step program, that's about where people drop out. Okay, that's, <laughs> They get to that fourth step and they say, oh, I'm out of here, you know, I ain't going to do that fourth step. And so looking at it, I, it made sense to me why we were so still so fearful. And that is because we didn't understand the truth of Romans 6, 7, and 8. We didn't understand the truth of our new identity in Christ. You see, the truth of the new identity in Christ means you're no longer the same person you've always thought of yourself as. And when you realize, and I think Pam alluded to that earlier when she said, I could, I could separate myself from the character defects. When you can do that, then you can get truly honest about your character defects, knowing it's not you, but it's that fleshly side that you've been struggling with your whole life. And so when you begin to understand your identity in Christ, then you are able to do a more honest and a more searching fourth step um, than if you don't have that, that new identity, it's still gonna make you very fearful. Um, when you try to get honest with yourself, never mind a fifth step when you try to get honest with somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Your character defects. So that's a very scary uh, place personally for a lot of folks. And that's where the Alpha series and our identity in Christ comes in to shore them up to be able to look honestly at that flesh that they had. And to look honestly at their conditioning, to look honestly at the reactions of that conditioning and so on, and then to share that with another person, which is very, very important uh, as far as uh, healing is concerned, as far as growth and development is concerned. you got to deal with the stuff on your side of the street first, and then you can proceed on with it. So that's just a little illustration of... of the kind of synergy I'm talking about between the Alpha series and the 12 steps. Yeah, I you know exactly the the step four when you when you talk about cutting off you know cutting off your hand, plucking out your eye, the painful um, inventory. I mean that's that's so compatible. And the fourth step was for me by that time it was easy because I was able to separate myself from my flesh. Otherwise, you know, I would have just kept putting on the Jesus face in church and smiling and acting like everything was cool. Um, but when you do understand that, you know, even to put it in other terms, people get worried about, you know, quote unquote, going to heaven <laughs> because they think their flesh is going there. Your flesh is not, will not inherit it. It's not who you are. And that that's a process of, of the stripping away. And um, yeah, when, when we began teaching up there and working with guys on those steps, I would actually draw a picture of the illustration that you use with the triangle and the flesh. And I would say, okay, you and Jesus are over here looking at your flesh. It's not you. And I put, you know, Jesus, a little stick figure of Jesus and the, the guy standing outside the triangle, looking at the flesh. I said, that that's what you're doing. You're, you're doing the inventory of really your fleshly patterns and it's not who you are. You can be, be more honest. 
Yeah. Pam, you want to riff on that at all? I'm still over here thinking about the the Christian foundations of the 12 steps. And uh-huh. one of the things that's dangerous about doing something like this is there's always people that are listening that know a lot more about the topic than you do. And so I hesitate to say a whole lot because I'm not an expert in much of anything. But I know that one of the things that was really, really helpful for me in understanding the synergy between the two was um, a book called The Good Book and the Big Book by Dick B. And I got a hold of that book um, pretty early on. And I was able to use it to go through my big book. And actually, my being the OCD addict that I am, I have my big book color coded um, and use a different color of um, highlighter for all of the scripture in the big book. For all of the scripture in the big book, which, you know, they don't cite it chapter and verse in the history of AA is really clear. But just because we're on here, people think that the main reason that the, it was separated from the Oxford group and the Christian foundations was because of the non-Christians. And it was just kind of amusing in my war- perverted way um, when I started studying this stuff that one of the main reasons that they had to separate was because of the church, because of the different denominational um, uh, beliefs and systems and specifically and not to bash anybody or anything but specifically the Catholic Church because this had a Protestant foundation and that that was not okay so it's that kind of understanding that really helped me um, accept the Christian foundation for this program and to recognize the power that's in it is simply because it's a step-by-step program using the path of our creator for living a healthy life in this world. And for me, I learning to spread the 12 steps out into more of a spiritual realm. To I, I had it for people, places, but for more of a spiritual understanding in my case, to recognize that the only way I get on God's economy, the only way I get saved and become a Christian is to recognize that I am powerless to do that by myself. I, I'm, I can't I can't do it. So the spiritual foundation underneath these steps that's no matter what I am doing and whether I'm saved first and then looking for a way to live in this world or I in my case, I have a way to live in this world and I'm trying to figure out how to go to heaven when I die um, is that I first thing I have to do is admit I can't do it myself. And then I have to believe that there's a power that can 
do it. And then I have to make a decision to let that power do it. And to make that easier to do, doing an inventory of all the ways I've tried to do it myself and the results of that, going out and cleaning up the messes that I've made under that power to open the channels, to make a way, to be able to walk out the truth of the gospel with people, not just new people, but the people that I hurt. That experience is the essence of the gospel. I mean, I, I think the Bible says something about we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Exactly. What yeah. a concept. Yes. <laughs> we have yeah. been given the ministry of reconciliation. First of all, to reconcile with God and then with the people around us. And the 12 steps is how it's just a wonderful, simple 12 by step process for doing that. Thanks. Go ahead, John. <laughs> Speak. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna comment on your uh, synergy between the 12 steps and the office series. What I see, and just to paraphrase it real quickly, what I see is is that the office series will lead you in to freedom and true spirituality. The 12 steps will lead you out of religion. And there's a big difference between spirituality and religiosity. You know, the way the 12 steps were designed was to avoid the pitfalls of religiosity. And uh, they do that masterfully, uh, so much so that I believe they're inspired by God to keep religion out of this process of recovery. Uh, because there, I used to say this all the time in, in the programs, <coughs> excuse me, two R's destroy recovery. First R is Romance. The second <laughs> R is religion. I've never heard and, you say that. That's great. Yeah, they they just they will eat your recovery up. No, the the point is that the twelve steps was designed to implement the truth of the Alpha series in a non-religious way, uh, not forceful, making it dependent upon. Uh, making it up to the individual to make that choice you're talking about uh, rather than imposing that choice on them. So really that uh, in my terminology, uh, the 12 steps actually represent uh, a guard against toxic faith so that that authentic faith in the alpha series can be lived out in your everyday life. So and there, there, I'm sure there are many, many other ways we could describe it, but um, I'll shut up for now, Bill. Well, and I'll pick up on the way the 12 steps say it. And what we say in AA is God led me to AA and AA led me to God. Um, yep. One of my favorite things that I'm given to quote is a John Glenn saying, which is if you're still using your group as your higher power, you've obviously never been to a business meeting. Now, I happen to also know that goes for the church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, you know, that was my experience was I, I was in AA. I used it as my higher power, my sponsor, my groups, my people, but there was still an emptiness on the inside that that didn't fill. But I got sober and got rid of all the little sandpapers that I was using to try and including romance um, to try and fill that emptiness on the inside. And I was left with nothing but feeling it. And I knew because AA taught me that it was a spiritual problem. I didn't know it was a Jesus problem or what, but it was a spiritual problem. And I kept hearing people talk about hearing God. And Bob George was a huge piece for me, too. Um, that, that it was, it was, I was going to have to pick a path. <laughs> I <laughs> wanted to hear God. I heard people say you could do that. Um, and I, the big book doesn't tell you how to hear God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like what, you know, that you were praying and wanting to know the God that oh, yeah. was keeping you sober, the God that was keeping yeah. you sober, because there's a, there's an interesting insight that someone gave me um, about the shack. Mm-hmm. This is why the shack was done the way it was when he goes when he first goes to that to, to the shack, he gets mad because God isn't there. And he's looking, but he's he was looking for his God. He was looking for his angry God. He was looking for his, and that God doesn't exist. So he's pounding and he's, where are you, God? And then he, whatever, he falls down. So when he wakes up, the true God is there, you know, because really right now, what I believe me 10 years ago would consider myself a heretic, <laughs> right? Right now, 20, 25 years ago, my goodness, I would be the biggest heretic in the world. And that's because God is, we, we go from glory to glory. And I love that the God of your understanding, if, correct me if I'm, this is my concept of why that language is important when it says, turn my life and will over to God as I understand God is because God's going to meet you right where you're at. He's going to meet you right where you're at. And I don't know how accurate the James Woods film (laughs) was on uh, Bill W. Did you ever see it where James Woods plays Bill W? There's a, there's a part where you could tell the church did not know what to do with these alcoholics. They didn't know what to do. They, their idea was accept Jesus Christ as your savior and you won't want to sin anymore. And so they had to kind of go outside like John the Baptist outside the camp for God to speak for them and teach them, you know, but the, cause I know of a friend of mine who was a Christian and was on the verge of divorce and then somehow some way god put their marriage back together and they went searching for the god who saved their marriage (laughs) 
even though they believed in the Christian God, so to speak, they wanted to have that. And they, God led them to sit under the Alpha series and God showed them this is who um, saved your marriage. So it's a, it's an ongoing, always an ongoing process. And I, like I said, I'm grateful for the, the 12 steps and what they've done in my life. And, you know, step 10, um, to me is applied across the board. And I agree, John, um, romance, romance can definitely hinder it. <laughs> There's that rule. What is the rule? The unspoken rule that you should wait a year at least before you date that you're sober. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the problem is, especially with the church, the problem was that they, you know, they thought that, it, you know, actually trusting Jesus as your personal savior was the arrival point. You know, and yeah, it was yeah, actually yeah. the beginning point, you know, and they, and so it was not the answer to all the problems. It was the beginning of a new life and a new lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, I knew the difference between law and grace from the church point of view uh, was radical and necessary. And so when I came across the 12 steps and I began to study them and I saw the reality of the spiritual program of the 12 steps, then it became real clear to me that if you want to walk out a lifestyle of grace and truth, you do it according to the 12 steps. I mean, that you can't get any clearer to me. So if you want to walk out your Christianity, you do it according to the 12 steps, you know, those principles. And, you know, it's not that there's one step after another that you're following necessarily. Those are 12 principles to live your life by. And so actually when you get, you know, to step 10, you're beginning to live all the other nine steps every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So uh, it's, it's an amazing program and, and one that I'm grateful that the Lord demonstrated to me about to enhance uh, my ability to share the gospel with others. Yeah. I remember, I remember the decision that you made when you were going to teach it on Sunday to, to the church, you know, yeah. and, and this, you know, the sovereign, the sovereign grace of God and that, that powerlessness we have. And I like that you said that, you know, coming to Jesus Christ as your savior is, is really is the beginning of a, a wonderful journey full of, I always say as a, as a Christian, you're going to experience joy like you've never experienced before in your life. And you will experience pain <laughs> and sorrow like yeah. you've never experienced, you know, and that's because you're, you're more, you're more aware of it all. You're not right. numbing the pain anymore. You're not, you know, using all those coping mechanisms and addictions. And I like when you taught it, you, when you taught it in the church, you said, listen, we think that we're, that it's all substance, that addiction is, you know, either drugs or alcohol. And then, you know, gambling was known to be, he says, but we're all dependent on something. We're all addicted to something. Richard Rohr even goes as far in the book, Breathing Underwater, said we're addicted to our own thinking. Yeah, right. Exactly. And uh, and that's where all the I mean, that's where all the the division and hatred comes in. I remember when 
back and it was before it was my first just little plant of the 12 steps a guy was talking in in the church group and he he was involved in aa and the church and he said that you know he says i he goes and those those back in the 1900s when you had phone books remember the thick phone books and aa had in a lot of the phone books a local number that you could call if you were from out of town and he said i could pick up the phone and say i'm i'm in town for a meeting or i'm visiting relatives and i'm i want a drink i need help and i could find a meeting or someone would come help me he goes i'm afraid that if i did that in a church they'd want to know what denomination are you <laughs> do you speak in tongues what is your you know and he said and that's why he thought that it was a great discipleship model for the aa because he you know people knew they would come they would help you and there there was no it was unconditional really right yeah and that that model bill was uh, what i think jesus actually intended for the church um you know that the small groups uh people helping each other loving each other and meeting throughout the day, you know, throughout the night, uh, every day, and not just, you know, one perfunctory meeting on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you know. Uh, so I think AA actually, actually models what Jesus had in mind uh, for his church. Yeah. Um, okay, so I got a list of notes over here. Um, okay, so number one, from an AA standpoint, they tell us that we can have the God of our understanding. Now, I, we can discuss that on a lot of levels. But what that did for me is it meant I didn't have to be a Christian. I didn't have to follow a path. I could just kind of get in there and get sober. And um, then when I work with people and they say, well, I have a God of my understanding and my response is, and how long did it take you in your sober life to find out that there was stuff you needed God for that you didn't understand? I said, as long as your God is a God you understand, it won't be very long before your God isn't big enough. You got to start having a God that you don't understand. And so, but I had huh. to grow into that it, 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 it the first thing i had to do was try and be sure that i wasn't going to have to be religious i had a precious girl come up to me the other day and i don't say this to brag it's because it's this ministry that is and under god that's right but she said if i could be a christian like you i might be interested and I know what she was saying. It's not because I'm such a good person. Or it's that I know how to do it without being religious. That's what she doesn't want. Um, that the, okay, so that the 12 steps have spiritual principles behind each one of the steps. When what I see, and I've been a Christian, God, I don't know, John, what has it been, 30 something years now, 32, I don't know, something like that. Um, so I've been running around in churchianity a long time. 
And one of the main things that I see is people get saved and then they never really know how to go about applying it in their life. They don't ha- they don't get taught a path. They're told what to do and what not to do, but they're not shown a way to grow into not needing to do that and and moving past it. <clears throat> that um, one of the concepts that we have in a 12-step program that is absolutely vital is the concept of sponsorship. That one of the very first things you are supposed to do if you are serious about walking this path, my mother gave the very best definition of sponsorship I've ever heard. She said, I understand your sponsor, someone that's on the same path that you are, but they're further down the path than you and they hold the light for you. Mm. I, yeah, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we don't get that in the church. I tell people, if you're planning on growing in your NAA, I said, if you're planning on growing in your Christianity by going to church once a week, that's like saying somehow you're going to grow in your sobriety by attending one speaker meeting a week and listening to the same speaker every week. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's anemic. It will not happen. So those are some of the things that I see AA that does extremely well that the church could benefit from. And as John said, it started out that way when, when, but anyway, he teaches that better than me. Thanks. Yeah. I I work with adolescents as a high school teacher and it's a lot like dealing with addicts. And the thing that I always tell them, I said, if, if there's a path, and I, I walked it and I came back to meet you where you are on the path. And I told you, listen, a uh, hundred yards up is there's this, there's this hole. So you have to move to the left or you're going to fall in the hole. And there's an alligator over here. And then we got to watch out for that tree branch. And I tell you all the pitfalls and you just blow me off and run ahead of me. You know, you're, you're, you're going to get hurt. You know, and that's that's kind of what it's like. And that's the problem is that and I and I I told them I took a little survey and and part of the reason they don't trust adults is they see a lot of inconsistencies. Right. I remember one time Grace said, Dad, you know, you you jump on my case if I'm disrespectful, you know, especially to mom. I said, but you talk to her rudely. I was like, whoa, (laughs) well, do as I do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> right. But I mean, so, but the problem with, you know, young people, and we know that the addict that especially the young men that we work with, they're stuck in adolescence, right? They haven't answered any of the big questions. So it's like dealing with an adolescent and you're telling them this is up the road. Don't date, don't do that. And when I was thinking about it, John, as you were talking, as we were discussing, most of the people that I've tried to help and work with, it was always romance. They'd really be focused on, oh man, I got to get better. I can't do this. Then if it's girl, oh, I met a guy, you know, it's always a guy or I, you know, you know, or, oh, I contacted my old girlfriend or whatever it is. 
that usually I'm, I'm going through it right now. Someone that, you know, probably six or seven months ago was in a hole The the uh, people from reach helped her out. People helped her get jobs. And then all of a sudden we don't see her. Oh, she found a guy. And then two months later, she's back in the same hole because they're fighting and they're doing all this stuff. So there's a lot of pitfalls, but we're going down a rabbit hole. What we're going to do for the next week is we're going to release, you know, the first three steps. I'd like to come back um, as a group, you know, in a week or so and, you know, to discuss in more detail, maybe um, some of the steps, maybe have John Hales come on and then release some more of the steps and then kind of wrap it up once we get to step 12. Because one of the um, things that I remember clearly, John, there was when access to recovery hit, we were very busy. You were very busy all over the place. And there was a guy working for, he was a drug czar. And he was, a. I think you knew right. him in Vietnam or maybe not McNamara or Mac something. And he was asking you like, people, they don't stay. They don't stay with it. And you pointed out, I think um, Bernie DeCastro and his bank robber friends were there. And um, um, Rico, the late, God rest his soul, Rico Lamberti. And you said, well, you see these guys, they're doing step 12. A lot of people like to stop at 11. And if you're not carrying the message, you're, you're always going to go backwards. And that, um, that stuck with my mind. So I'd like to come back and really focus on the, the latter part, and especially 11 and 12, because I think that's where people, sometimes they get stuck. They just want to hang out with God and screw everybody else because people are, you know, in came to believe, we call it living in the go. Living in the go. Yeah. So I want to thank you guys. If there's any um, final comments you want to make before we sign off. No, I'm good. Yeah. We'll, I'm going to go live in the go. I've got a sponsee. I've got to meet at 1045 right. in Stewart. <laughs> no, I'm going to go. All right. <laughs> We're going to go. John's going to go. Um, yep. All right. So we're going to be back. Um, we'll be back visiting the steps, but um, be looking in the next couple of days. If you're listening to this podcast for the um, steps to start um, launching steps one, especially steps one, two, and three this week, probably we cover We'll probably get to five or six before we meet again. So, Thank you for listening. Thank you, John. Thank you, Pam. We will talk again soon. Appreciate it. Thank you again for listening. If you want more access to Alpha Ministries teaching, you can like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and visit our website. All times and dates for services and other events are on our website listed in the show notes. 